We have a very special person here with us this morning, and I don't want to call her a guest because she is one of our own. And I was amazed this morning as I uh, was reading my devotion from Romans chapter 10 at the words I read and how fitting they were for this morning. This is what I read. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And Carolyn Goodwin and her beautiful feet are here this morning. I can remember back in 2016 when Carolyn left here. She wasn't gone that long before we began to get word of civil war in South Sudan where she was. And the news just got worse and worse and eventually um, they were ordered to leave South Sudan. But Carolyn didn't run home. She just moved across the continent to Uganda where she began to prepare to receive refugees including some very special children who were so traumatized by the civil war that they experienced in their hometown. The children eventually made it to the uh, refugee camp where Carolyn is, and years went by and she has ministered to them in many ways. In June 2019, in anticipation of coming home, Carolyn wrote, I look forward to reconnecting with everyone and just enjoying being home. There's no place like home, physically and spiritually. While I'm at home no matter where I am, because Jesus is with me wherever I go, I still miss being with my family, friends, and enjoying the blessings God has bestowed on us who call America home. Our work here in Uganda is going very well. Many are blessed with hearing the gospel and feeling the love of Jesus in all that we do. She went on to speak of blankets and food and trauma healing workshops, of Sunday school classes for over 350 children sponsored by seven churches, and she's going to talk about that a little more this morning. Carolyn Goodwin lives out her faith every day, and we're blessed to have her here today. Welcome home, Carolyn. Now please come and teach. Thank you. Wow. Pastor Bob, Pastor Pant, and uh, church family, it's my privilege and honor to be able to come and speak to you this morning about missions and about what we are doing in Uganda. I chose Luke 9:51 as our scripture verse for today. It says, as the time drew near when Jesus would be taken up to heaven, he made up his mind and set out on his way to Jerusalem. I kind of thought that Jesus made up his mind from the very beginning, but here we see it's towards his last week of, of living, and he still, he made up his mind. He could have said no, he could have turned back. He could have told his father, not now, maybe later. He could have been deceived by Satan with uh, things, with power, his personal preferences. But Jesus was 100% given into what his father wanted him to do. He was going to father his follow his father's will regardless, no matter what. There was there going to be no turning back. So that meant that he had to set out for Jerusalem 
even though knowing that Jerusalem is where he was going to die. That he was his father's missionary. His father's mission is to reconcile the world to himself. And Jesus was that mission to die on the cross for us. To reconcile the world to him. So for many years, my Jerusalem was actually with my family, my workplace, my church home, short mission trips. But this season in my life, Jerusalem has been Africa. Living in Uganda, serving the uh, South Sudanese refugees, uh, serving the underprivileged and the imprisoned in Arua. But you know, one thing that I learned from these past four years is actually Jerusalem is wherever I am. Jesus is always putting somebody in my path, a situation that needs to be shown his glory. So when I come back from Africa, I'm still going to be a missionary just like you. So let's see what we've done for the past year. I say we because y'all have loved and supported me so much and, and with donations. There's a few pictures that are going to be showing. And these pictures aren't necessarily going to be in the order of where I'm talking, so don't uh, get confused or feel like you're going crazy. But that's a picture of Sam and Lucy. They've been good friends for the past year. They're our guard dogs, and they've been a true companion. There's um, a picture of uh, our DS for uh, UMC South Sudan and his wife. That's their home behind us, and I'm taking the picture from my front porch. So I live in a small uh, two-bedroom home right across from them. It's safe, it's guarded, uh, two guards at night, one during the day, and then of course we have Sam and Lucy. <laughs> There's pictures of Grace home. You have been so wonderful in helping to support them. Uh, there's pictures of a birthday party. We do a birthday party once a year in August to celebrate all the staff, all the children's birthdays. No one really knows what day they're born, so, but it's a good time to, to celebrate their births. There's pictures of Christmas. If you remember the green t-shirts from last year that y'all helped to buy to raise funds for their Christmas clothes, they were able to come into Arua and each pick out their own Christmas outfit. And they chose what they wanted. It was either going to be dressy, a suit, or a dress, or jeans, and a top, and shoes. And they had such a wonderful time. They hadn't been shopping in years. And then they got to go to a restaurant and have sodas. Uh, it was a good time for them. The children are very involved in the church. They sing in the choir, they read scripture, they've even done sermon, they do uh, dramas, they do a live nativity every year. Uh, we also sent an ophthalmologist out this past year to check their eyes to make sure that they were okay and, and all the kids were fine, the staff were fine, only a few of the older staff needed reading glasses. We took them on an a, a outing to the Nile and this is the first time the kids have been out of camp for over two years and the Nile is only 15 miles away from them. But they got to experience uh, fishing on, on the Nile, what kind of fish come out, what are traded. Um, they saw the, the boats coming in and out and um, 
they were able to have devotions there, they had uh, lunch, they played games, and the people that live around there came and watched us having a good time. It was kind of like we were in the zoo, or we were the zoo, <laughs> um, but it was good. The kids, they go to school out at camp. The UN has set up a school for them, and uh, there's Ugandan teachers, so there's a little bit of a language barrier there. The children don't have textbooks. They have a little notebook that they write in, and they write what the teacher says or what's put on the board, and, and that's their text. That's what they learn, whatever they write down, good or bad. We have supplemented with some tutors that live out at the compound to help the children with their studies. And we try to give awards at the end of each term for those who have done well and to help motivate those others to do better. This year, you have helped give out hundreds of Bibles. Thanks to the American Bible Society, they became affordable. And um, I would say that at least 500 Bibles were distributed, not only to the kids at Grace Home and the staff, but also to other churches out in the refugee camp and out into the prisons, uh, the men's, women's, and children's prison in Uganda. Hundreds of blankets have been given to people that never had one of their own. Sometimes two, three people share one blanket and it does get chilly at night. Mother kits, basins, uh, birthing kits, y'all have helped put those together and you've helped many, many women uh, get through this time in their life when sometimes they don't even have a bar of soap to bathe their baby. There's a picture of the prison and I'm not supposed to take pictures of prison, at prison, but I couldn't help it this one time. I was so, so saddened by the conditions there. There's children from 10 to 17 years old that are sent there. And there's some Christian, there's some Muslim, there's some that have no affiliation at all. A lot of the kids are street kids or orphans. Or some come from pretty okay families that just didn't want to be bothered with their kids anymore. But we bring the gospel to them once a week. Uh, Pastor Arafasi and I, um, we teach them value lessons. And we try to bring practical things in like um, uh, trauma healing and um, agriculture. They want to learn how to do a garden properly. And um, they've been, they give, are given the opportunity to do an altar call. And many have come to Christ. The biggest amount of time is spent in trauma healing, and that's something that God has really um, orchestrated. And uh, we've been doing that for two and a half years now. And I'd say there's over 60 workshops that we've done, and an average of 100 people per workshop. And it doesn't sound like much, but we are reaching some lives um, the best we can, one at a time, and that, that's all we can do. Uh, the, the workshop uh, is biblically based. We uh, teach where trauma came from. Started with Adam and Eve. <laughs> and, and then we, we have trauma in this fallen world. We learn what trauma is all about, how it feels, what it looks like. How is God working with us in, in, in the trauma? And then how do we help ourselves? Because we learn that God's done what he's done, going to do. He sent his son for us. 
Now it's up to us to help ourselves to heal through this trauma, and it's our choice. Are we gonna live in trauma village or healing village? Trauma village is unforgiveness, where healing village is forgiveness. God's expanded the trauma healing into Sunday school. As Pastor Pam said, there are no Sunday schools there. So we've taken the 10 lessons from this uh, healing the wounds of, of children's trauma and made 10 Sunday school lessons from it. Seven churches have already been trained, and as we speak, they're training sister churches on those 10 lessons. When I go back, they'll get a certificate saying they're a trauma healing church. Also, when I go back, Robina, my, my assistant and, and good helper um, with the trauma healing, we're gonna train representatives from the other three camps. That's Biddy Biddy and Beppe and Rhino Camp. Biddy Biddy is bigger than Pinellas County. Over a million people are in that camp. The other camps, hundreds of thousands. It's really hard to eat, reach each one, but little by little, God's touching lives, and he's touching them through the children. We hope by the end of this year, over 1,750 children will have sat through Trauma Healing Sunday School. And it's not just those 1,750 children. They're taking their lesson home with them, the memory verse, the, what they learned, and they're showing it to their family, encouraging them to tell their family about what they learned. There's at least four to 10, 12 people in one child's family. So many lives are getting the message. And they don't, don't take that paper and hang it on the fridge like we do. They don't even have a fridge to hang it on. <laughs> but they actually do read those papers. They love getting messages and, and papers and reading it and they study it. They don't have what we have. They don't have the books. So this is a big plus for them. So trauma healing is also spilled out into Arua, where I live, and, and Pastor Arafasi, he has a nursery school, nursery primary school, and his, his teachers, his cooks, his mamas, him, have been taught about trauma in children, how to deal, how to recognize it, and then how to work with, with kids in trauma. When that week of training ended, I challenged him with doing the 10 lessons for the Sunday schools, and he took the challenge. And when I left, he was on lesson number six of incorporating it in his curriculum. Then I got a message last week that he's actually taken those lessons and taking them into the men's prison. This is something that he's initiated, he's done. So that's good. That's what every missionary wants, is for them to take the ball and roll with it, not for us to do the work for them. So what does the future hold? Continue with the Sunday school classes, and then I'd like to um, help with Mandela with a vision of getting soccer leagues into each one of the camps, or football leagues. And you might wonder uh, why football, when everything else is um, more important maybe, but, but football actually puts the walk to the talk of trauma healing. When you decide that you want to be healed, there's things you have to do to help yourself. And one of those is to be educated in what it is that you have fear over. So we need to educate them about trauma, what it is. 
that reduces the fear, that reduces the helplessness. We, we teach that you have to move. You can't just sit. You can't wait for someone to heal you. You've got to put feet to it. And so um, the, um, the soccer will help get these kids moving. Because kids are going to move, whether we plan something good for them or not. 25% of the children in the prison are the refugees. So we need to socialize. We need to do things that we like to do. And eventually, you'll feel good about doing it. But these are all the ways you help yourself to heal from trauma. And then you trust Jesus to do that. So each practice, each game will be uh, led in, in prayer. All the teams will go through trauma healing workshops. And it's just more than the team that will benefit from, from these teams, from these games. The parents, the villagers, all of them will have something else to look forward to, to get their mind off their trouble. Because the more you think about your trouble and sit and ponder it, the bigger and more overwhelming it gets. So you have to help others. You have to get out and do things and not think about your pain and suffering and help somebody else. And that helps you. So my, my Jerusalem geographically is Uganda for the next couple of years. But I've learned being there over the past four years that um, trauma isn't limited to war veterans. It's not limited to refugees. But it's for all of us who live in this fallen world. Tragedy can hit. It does hit. And we experience pain and suffering from the unborn child to the elderly. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus Christ. We have victory over that. We can heal with the help of the Holy Spirit and with our brothers and sisters in Christ who accept their mission to help others. So where is your Jerusalem? How are, how are you connecting people with Jesus? Is open arms calling you? Is the carpenter's woodshop calling you? Stephen Ministry? How about writing encouraging notes or making encouraging phone calls? The list goes on and on because the list is, is as unique as you are. Because God's called each and every one of you to do something for his kingdom. So if you're searching for that joy and that happiness that Pastor Pam talked about last week, maybe with the iPhone or the Happy Meal or the vacation, you know, you're not going to find it there. You're not going to find it in earthly things. Only by doing the things that God has called you to do. So I hope that my story has helped you this morning, maybe encouraged you and sparked an interest into doing something uh, that you're called to do. Uh, you know, we're all called to be missionaries. It's not just for a chosen few. God wants to reconcile this world to himself and through Jesus Christ, and it's our mission to bring Jesus to others. So I... I ask the Lord's blessing on your journey and I thank you for your love and your support your, your financial help for the, the past year and, and the year coming uh, to see this, this mission succeed 
And I'll close in his precious name to give him the glory and honor. Amen.